Can you explain to me why you believe, because it's a really, I'm afraid, contested topic right now, why do you think these civilian areas are being hit? So listen, the, the fighting is taking place in uh, overcrowded uh, areas, in urban areas. We know also that uh, fighting is taking place in Gaza City right now, but we have still, we estimate that there are still around three to 400,000 civilians in these uh, areas. Uh, take the example of a Jabalia camp. It was one of the most crowded camp in the Gaza Strip, but we still believe that there are around 40,000 people remaining there. So yes, uh, uh, public infrastructure, including the UNRWA school, unfortunately have been also hit uh, uh, during this uh, fighting, and people sheltering there basically are not more safe than anywhere else. Do you, I mean, how do you categorize this then? Is it accidental? Is it a war crime? Is it deliberately not distinguishing between uh, civilians and Hamas fighters? Listen, uh, according to international humanitarian law, there is a criteria of proportionality and also of uh, distinction. When I was briefing this week the Security Council, I said the number of people being killed so far is so staggering that this cannot be collateral anymore. Could I ask you, because we're talking to you and we have this opportunity, you have been inside Gaza for the first time since October 7th. You've called it, I believe, the most sad, sad day in all your humanitarian work. Talk to me about that. So, listen, I have been first uh, to Gaza 30 years ago. It's, uh, Gaza is a, a society I know very well. It was a vibrant society. It was extraordinarily sad because I visited a school, overcrowded school, sheltering thousands of displaced people, and basically, the only ask the people had at that time was, please give me water, please give me a loaf of bread. And later on, I was talking to my staff in Gaza, and they were confirming that today, the Gaza Strip is running out of everything, running out of fuel, running out of water, running out of fuel, uh, food, running out of medicine and the market is completely depleted. And it's extremely sad to see how much now this population is completely dependent on an international humanitarian community, which is not in a position anymore to deliver at scope what they need. What I see right now is an entire population being moved to the south and which basically has absolutely nothing available. They left, uh, most of them, many of them left the north uh, quite, uh, with very little things, and they arrive in the south, which is completely overcrowded, twice its population now, no market, uh, no, no, no goods available anymore uh, at the market, uh, public services collapsing, and they all depend, all depend on us right now. So do you understand and do you accept what we saw were instances of looting and the, you know, international authorities said that, you know, the social fabric is starting to break down in Gaza. The social fabric is indeed breaking down. The, the, uh, the civil order is uh, breaking down. And I understand you have 
hundreds of people queuing in front of bakeries nowadays just with the hope to get a loaf of bread. And we are now put in situation where it is becoming almost impossible to offload bread from the bakery that we are supporting to bring back to our shelter just because you have a hundred of other people expressing their, their hunger uh, in front of this uh, bakery. And I, I understand also that this hunger is uh, turning into anger and vis-a-vis uh, -vis the international community and the UNRWA is the face of the international community in the Gaza Strip. Even despite what we understand is an expanding humanitarian tr trickle, I guess, I'm calling it a trickle, you tell me what it is, what's coming through Rafa? Listen, Christian, we need much, much more. Before October 7, there was an average of 500 trucks in the Gaza Strip, and this was already described as being a blockade. And year after year after year, the population of Gaza started to become more and more dependent of the international humanitarian community. We were, for example, providing 50% of the caloric need of 1.2 million people before that. Today, after an almost total siege, we are talking about a handful of trucks coming into the Gaza Strip. At the time, the market is also completely depleted. At the time, the last remaining public services have completely collapsed. So yes, this handful of trucks basically don't do anything to reverse uh, the fact that Gaza, uh, the Gaza Strip is uh, being strangled mm -hmm. by the siege. Uh, Philippe, can I ask you this? There is a lot of controversy over fuel, for instance, and reports citing all sorts of experts, Israeli, Western and others, in fact, even Middle Eastern, that over the years, Hamas has stored and hoarded all that it needs in its underground tunnels, whether it's food, medicine, fuel, for its war effort and that it could, you know, have enough to fight for three to four months. You know, Gaza's a very different place than when you went 30 years ago. I mean, what, what can you tell us about the Hamas authorities vis-a-vis -vis taking care of civilian needs? So listen, what I can tell you is that no one right now is taking care of uh, the civilian need. But when it comes to the fuel, I have no idea what has been the military building up of the Hamas in the Gaza Strip. But I can tell you that we as UNRWA, our reserve of fuel have completely depleted and we were looking at where, what other fuel is available in the Gaza Strip. There were commercial fuel which were available and there were also uh, fuel uh, which were brought in by the international community to supply the electric plant. Now, over the last uh, week, we have, through the confliction with the Israeli, uh, uh, picked up uh, the remaining fuel, the remaining commercial fuel, which was av available in the Gaza Strip, which means in the coming days, we won't be able anymore to supply bakeries, supply hospitals, supply the water station. But in the coming days, we might even be unable to move our trucks uh, within the Ga Gaza Strip uh, 
to provide humanitarian assistance to 700,000 people, for example, sheltering uh, in our uh, premises, uh, but also to the rest of the population. I have to say, it stuck with me what you said at the beginning, that all these children were just asking you for a sip of water and a piece of bread. It's, it's heartbreaking to hear that. And also you, yourself, as UNRWA, have lost your, you know, dozens of workers. Tell me, tell me what's the situation with your own employees on the ground? So listen, uh, Christian, we, we have lost as of now 72 staff. The last staff I just heard was a disabled uh, staff member, May. She was uh, doing coding. We, one year ago, uh, published a video about what she was doing. Very proud also to support her family. And she is uh, the last person reported killed among 72 people. Now, I met the staff yesterday in uh, Gaza. Basically, they are sharing the same living condition than anyone else. They are living in shelter. They are struggling on a daily basis to find uh, bread, to find uh, water, to protect their children. And despite that, and despite the heavy loss within this organization, they remain uh, committed to do whatever is possible to provide support to the people in uh, Gaza. But it's a constant daily uh, a struggle, but I have to say that I take a lot of inspiration in their strengths and, uh, and, uh, and uh, dedication. Would you ever consider withdrawing UNRWA staff, just like, you know, some wounded Palestinians are being evacuated, dual nationals are being allowed to leave? Oh, listen, uh, we, we, we are in the mode of uh, rotation, we are in the mode of uh, scaling up our operation. I have been very clear, we need to scale up this uh, operation. We should not continue to talk about 50, 60, 70 trucks. Uh, this operation needs to be brought up at scale if we want to reserve the ongoing, I would say, civil breakdown, but if we want to make sure that people do not start to die because of the impact of the siege, because of our difficulties to bring our assistance at scale in the Gaza Strip. Philippe, I want to ask you a touchy question. You know, everything is disputed. Numbers are disputed, death tolls, you know, who's a civilian, who's a fighter. So the Palestinian authorities, I guess Hamas-run authorities in Gaza uh, and the, you know, officials in Ramallah say now that over 9,000 Palestinians have been killed since the air war began after October 7th. Now, I spoke to former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmert this week. He said these numbers are exaggerated. And I quoted you, basically, saying that in the past six cycles of conflict, Hamas figures had been considered credible by all sides. Take a listen to what he said. The UN numbers are as credible as Hamas numbers. And we uh, leave it aside for a second, OK? I don't trust the UN numbers. The UN numbers are not very reliable. Uh, what do you say to that? Well, listen, I can tell you that the 72 staff members of UNRWA are reliable. They have been confirmed. These are our figures. And if I compare the 72 with our 13,000 staff in the Gaza Strip, uh, with the 9,000 being published by the Ministry of Health, uh, and the 2.2 million uh, inhabitants in the Gaza Strip, uh, we have more or less the same percentage of people being killed. 
That's a very clear response. Philippe Lazzarini, thank you so much indeed.